Some people might tell you, you gotta slow it down. Other people tell you, you gotta speed it up, but... I don't ever think about taking my time. I'm just writing these rhymes. I've been doing my thing. I've been doing my thing. I've been doing my thing. I don't even think about taking my time. I've been writing these rhymes. I've been doing my thing. I've been doing my thing. I've been doing my Hey guys, it's Sully, rapper, producer, DJ, and podcaster. Uh, I want to thank my guys at Canopy Cast for allowing me to sponsor this episode and having me on. Uh, I own a company called Podcast Principles, and I create podcasts for a living. Uh, I also have a brand called Sully Bop, where I release rap and hip-hop music along with some other genres as well. So if you guys would check it out, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you again, Canopy Cast and the guys there for having me on. Had an absolute blast. Hey everyone, this is Canopy Cast. Uh, John Michael Price here with my co-host Christopher McGurn and Michael O'Connor. Today with us we have a special guest, Ryan Sullivan. He's a podcast producer, uh, founder, and rapper. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and you know let me do this and hop on the podcast. I'm always down to get interviewed. Always down to you know uh, rip it on a podcast. It's just that's what I do, man. It's my life. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Great to have you here. So, you know, just kind of getting things started, you know, your uh, stage name is Sully Bob. Can you kind of give us a, you know, backstory to that, how you, how you came to that name and, and just, you know, give the, give the viewers a little insight to, to your story? Yeah, totally. So, um, and it kind of all started when I started making YouTube videos, probably crazy because I just watched one of my videos from 2012. I've been making them, I guess, since like 2009. Um, and not like consistently the whole time, but I did make a lot. I was really into it at one time. And I went to this basketball camp. I'm going to make this story short because it is a long story. But I went to this <laughs> basketball camp and this guy, I was I was in the ball. Like I was always playing basketball. It was my favorite sport. I loved it, even though I'm short, but um, always just loved the sport. And I went to this basketball camp and this guy, my nickname was always Sully because my name's Ryan Sullivan. And there's always a bunch of Ryans. Everybody just named their kid Ryan. I'm like, yo, all right, let's switch that up. Like, We're just going to take Sully. So from first grade on, people started calling me Sully. Um, so that was already locked in, right? But um, as far as the bop goes, I was talking to this guy. His name's Kevin Driscoll. And if you're in the basketball community, this guy's pretty well known, uh, runs a lot of camps up and down the East Coast, um, you know, worked with a lot of teams, a lot of really like high level collegiate teams, too. And uh, and so this guy, he was like, hey, do you know this basketball player? His name's Suli Bob. And I was like, nah, that's I've never heard of him before because I was probably like, whatever, 13 years old. And. I couldn't like I never even knew I never even looked into the guy like I didn't know who the basketball player was he just mentioned that he's like yeah like that's a cool that's like almost your name and I don't know something about it stuck and I just like bop I didn't bob was weird I didn't want like another name in there but I was like if it's music but this was before the music too though and it was just my YouTube name so I was like Sully Bop that's cool it's a little bit catchy and so then I ended up, you know, making a lot of music too and releasing it under that name too. So it kind of, you know, all came in, but it was really just from this one guy at basketball camp. That's so, that's a, such a funny story. That's, right. oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm sure everybody has that camp story from when they were younger something happened and it just. Oh, I met like a lot of good homies there too, right? Yeah, like oh, everybody's yeah. got those stories, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so, um, you know, Give us a little bit more backstory on, on your career. So I know you're in music, you're in podcast production, um, you know, you're, you're working on so many different things. Like what brought you to where you are right now and, and kind of, you know, the, the transition from, from career to career and kind of juggling all that. What's that like? Yeah, totally. Um, I've kind of been, I've been in so many different things. I've done all those jobs, all those jobs that every kid does is the landscaping job, the cashier, the liquor store, the, you know, every, all of it. Um, the hanging sheet rock, the mowing lawn, like I've just, I've been through all of it, man. Painting floors when I was 11 years old, that's how I started. Um, my dad and my grandfather, kind of crazy work ethic, you know, depression era type stuff. Um, you know, so that's kind of how I started work ethic wise. Uh, but I definitely wasn't that motivated um but a huge shift happened for me in community college so my first two years of college i went to community college everybody left right so if you guys know like whether you're in college or you've been in there um you know usually everybody goes away and if you're stuck at home like i cried you know i didn't know what to do i thought i've made a bad decision and so i was like all right let me try to get let me try to just find things, you know, that are gonna, you know, that can f occupy my time. Cause it's just me, like all my, you know, best friends went away. Um, and everybody starts to kind of do their own thing, you know? So 
So I was going through that little bit of transition stage. So I had been rapping and, and I hadn't been producing yet, but I had been rapping. So in high school, um, senior year of high school, me and my friend made a diss track for this kid in my high school. His name is Marco. Shout out Marco. Um, it's called Mar it's called the Martian, um, diss track on my SoundCloud. It's like the first track I ever released. So what ended up happening was I had only been rapping for maybe freestyling or something for like six months maybe with my buddy and we released this track bro the whole school listens to this track i got teachers coming up to me small school like not big school but everybody i got teachers coming up i was like yo this is like kind of crazy so in my life i have moments and i call them like this is real moments like they're just moments where you go wow i can do this so i was like wow i guess i can make this rap music um i had always been making music playing drums guitar most of my life uh but i never released anything so this is the first thing i released my friend Purnell, um, shout out to him, man. He is such a talented music producer and he is, he's got millions of plays on SoundCloud. Dude's crazy. He kind of took me under the wing as far as like production and helping me record and stuff like that. Um, so that all happened now I'm in, so probably a year or two later, a year and a half later ish, I'm in community college. I make a decision. All right. Am I going to do this or not? Like, am I going to take this seriously? Am I going to get this mac computer download logic start making beats start recording myself start taking rap seriously i made the decision all right i'm gonna do that at that same time or around that time i started i found meditation i started reading every day i started doing a morning routine i had always been into fitness but it kind of ended there so i started got back on the self-development um and yeah man um i could kind of like there's multiple ways i could go i was also a full-time mechanic too at this time um that was my job so i didn't make any money from music i didn't make any money from podcasting none of that um and it's hard to make money from music in general but so i was doing that and then it got to a point where i didn't even want to do that anymore i went to i started going away to college i got an apartment but I was like, I don't want to do this. It feels such like a disconnect where you work a nine to five that has nothing to do with what you really want to do. And then you go home and do what you love. That disconnect kind of eats away at you inside. So at least that did for me. So I said, how can I apply what I know and just make it not maybe not a nine to five, but 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week. How can I get paid for something that I actually want to do? So last summer, I stopped, I quit my mechanic job because like my parents are blue collar. Oh, you're going to go back to your job. You got to go back to your job. So I quit that internet and music studio for free, made $0, could barely pay my rent, tried to learn, met a bunch of artists, got hooked up with a marketing agency to edit their podcast. Then they hired me to do a bunch of other stuff and ended up working like part-time and full-time for them. Um, learned a lot there. Company went bankrupt. A really crazy story about the company too. But um, yeah, to kind of wrap it all up, it got me to this point where I was like, yeah, I made a podcast for them. I wonder if I could do it for other people. So I quit the company and kind of here I am. So there's a lot that went on in between that too, but <laughs> try to awesome. try to give you the synopsis. I don't want, I, I hate to like leave important things out, but no, no, you're good. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I have like five questions from, from all of that that you just said. It's, it's crazy. Like, you know, from what you said about having every job uh, up until this point, you know, like even like you said, painting floors, I think I saw a picture of you. Dude, on I sanded floors. Yeah. I was sanding floors yeah. yesterday. I don't stop. I don't, I don't care. Like there ain't, I'll, I love cars, dude. I'll still go wrench on cars. Like, yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. That and then like, you know, talking about rap, the diss track back in high school, um, you know, the innuendos, just like the connection I just made too with, uh, you know, how you said like getting a Mac and downloading Logic. There's so many innuendos and like hidden things in rap culture, you know, like Logic, the, the oh, software. Oh, uh, yeah, the getting the beats off YouTube, like all that oh, type yeah. of stuff. It, it's crazy. And then, you know, going back to the, the diss track, there's that's just such an interesting part of the rap culture, the just the diss track by itself. Itself, and yeah, that's yeah, no other. There ain't no country singers like, yo, Kenny Chesney sucks. Like, they don't do that. <laughs> Everybody, like, shout out, uh, Kenny Chesney's dope, but, like, nobody, they're not dissing each other. Like, it's yeah. almost a hip-hop thing, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Has anyone ever written a diss track uh, about you? Yeah, so my friend, his name's Anthony Amarim. You can look him up. He's a very talented singer. He's, like, a he's a B-list celebrity, I guess. Like he's somewhat of a celebrity. I don't know if you ever seen the show, what would you do um, with John Quinones? Um, but there, or law and order, probably seen law and order. So he's been on a couple shows. Um, dude's really talented. And so he, I made this diss track from my friend, Marco and uh, my friend, but I made a diss track about him, but uh, he's a homie though. He's a homie. But so then Anthony, my friend who is in high school, this kid is like, he's got millions of plays. Like he's like, he's doing it. And he, in high school still um 
that's that I think like a month later he released a diss track about me so it was uh and his got I think it ended up getting like more plays than ours did uh just because he already had like a platform but um he just released it on SoundCloud so yeah so yeah he did make one about me but it was more just messing around I don't think he really, yeah like we're best it, friends you know it's so interesting how like the diss track in the rap culture is kind of like you know aloha where it can be like hey screw you or like this is my best bud and I'm just gonna like roast him for a three minutes straight it's it's crazy or like the push a t drake type of thing where it's like all under the surface where you don't say his name and it's like mm-hmm. you're talking but then you're talking like, about such aggressive a, yeah yeah like Pat, yeah. I mean you're literally talking about how he didn't acknowledge his own son like mm-hmm. that I talk about a diss track like yeah for real yeah get the get the sneak disses in there right mm. yeah that's awesome so um, who was your inspiration for for getting into music? You know, like everybody has their either one or multiple inspirational figures, but you know, specifically for rapping. And how has that evolved with your career as you get more and more experience? You know, that relationship with, you know, whether you talk to them or not, but like that relationship with the person that you've looked up to, how has that evolved as as you've come along? Great question. Really good question. I'll give you some context. I didn't listen to rap until I started rapping. So I didn't really listen to, yeah, I didn't listen to rap my whole life. Um, I probably started listening. So my, this girl that I knew, um, that I know, I mean, she's one of my good friends. Uh, she sent me this song called light in the attic by action Bronson. And it's a kind of, I got into a lot of underground type hip hop to start. Um, like I said, and I was never into mainstream anything really. Um, so except for like classic rock, uh, I guess if you call that mainstream, but so those influences in the band were like underground, kind of underground guys then like Joey Badass, Action Bronson. Um, you know, I could kind of Denzel Curry, like I was going to Denzel Curry shows. We were going, we saw Flappler Zombies, um, all those type of artists. That's kind of who I was getting into. And then some kind of older like Nas, you know, some Jay-Z and stuff like that too. Um, but now I guess like how it kind of transitioned over time, I started listening to a lot to a lot more rappers man um just trying to get the spectrum because i'm a dj too so um you know i'm i have to understand this culture i basically you know that whole stage where it's like a middle school to high school stage of like lil wayne and all that i missed that like i was at the dance right and listening to it but i didn't listen to any of that music so i had to read like i have to learn about all that music so then i learned about all the popular rap and all the lil wayne and all the like whoever the black and yellow and you name it like all those classics um, so then I started to learn about rap in general and hip hop and the culture and really got embedded in it and then worked at the studio. So, um, so it kind of went from, I took rap and hip hop where like a lot of people were brought up on it. I took it, I was so far outside that I kind of got to open the door and walk in and kind of look around at my leisure. So, um, but as far as the influences, how they changed, like I said, I really, I really was messing with, um, badass, um, action Bronson, those type guys. But now I listen to everything, man. Like Freddie Gibbs is huge for me. Um, I mean, Pusha is huge. I could go through my spot. I mean, it's, there's a lot of underground guys I still listen to. I was listening to like really crazy underground SoundCloud dudes that I'm still into. So, uh, but as far as the hip hop, I've really gone deep, but my actual music awareness has, that's really what's been crazy over the, like I listen to a lot of country now. I never listen. That's awesome. Yeah. Who do you think the, the most underrated like kind of like you mentioned before b-list person out there is right now because you know like it seems like they're there are those rappers especially in the hip-hop world who are like right there and, and you know that's something that gary v talks about it's like just one more song one more out it's like that next piece of content is going to push you from like where you are right now to like insanely famous who do you think that like next person is like if you don't want to answer that you don't have to i know like a lot of people are like, I don't want to like call that or, or push it out. But if you if you can, like, who would that person be for you? Um, uh, so there's a dude named Chewy, um, another dude named Saba, Jack Harlow, uh, Freddie Gibbs, who I mentioned. Um, Harlow is really with what that song, What's Poppin'. Um, you probably know it. Uh, you might have heard it. Brand new whip just hopped in like dope song. Um, beats crazy. Uh, this kid, freaking Jack Harlow, man, I followed him three years ago. I found him on SoundCloud. He had like 30,000 monthly listeners and now he's got as much as J Cole. So <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but yeah, those, those guys are, there's a lot of other ones. Like this guy prof who I just found like refounds. Listen to this guy five years ago, found him again. Now still got dope music, still has only 50,000 monthly listeners, just like he did five years ago. So 
um yeah those guys definitely i would say kind of those five and then but there's definitely a bunch i mean there's people that i rap with like chris patrick is one um you know uh my homie Sai, turkish royale uh ron solemn like there's these dudes who like i even rap with who i could see they're just the quality of their music is is ridiculous so it's it's gonna get there um i could go on a long list of people who i think are gonna be up next but i think jack harlow i i don't want to say i predicted it but damn he's a but tiktok bro he took advantage of tiktok so there you go i think you know what we could do is just like link your spotify in the in the show notes if you want that's uh it's probably uh you know a good way for people to get the content totally. of uh ryan oh Sullivan you can, oh i mean it's weird though because it'll be like country song edm rap 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 hip-hop old school hip-hop <laughs> <laughs> like edm from the 80s like <laughs> <laughs> That's but totally though. i'll link think, it all man yeah yeah i think that's so important to have you know a mix uh, of different interests there yeah it's 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 awesome i know like the three of us like i like a lot of different music but i absolutely love rap um you know i love you know alternative i, I have this playlist that comp- it's comprised of a bunch of songs like almost no, no one's ever heard of and but like everyone almost always loves 90 percent of the songs on it it's it's the craziest thing yeah, ever, but, those are the best yeah. ones man if you could yeah. put somebody on man like i tell like yeah. if you could put somebody on yeah, i mean the people sure, but... i've been rocking just people putting me on this whole time all my homies listen to kanye since the beginning all that they all listen to j cole since the beginning i didn't know forest hills drive i listened to that like a year ago <laughs> yeah you know i just started listening to old Lil wayne albums and old eminem albums you know like, yeah but yeah, I mean, Mike over here, you can catch him 365 days a year. He's got a playlist called Jingle Jazz, and it's just instrumental Christmas music in, in jazz format. And, you know, it's That's dope. I'm going to get it on my cocktail hours at my, at my Christmas meetings, bro. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> yeah. Seasonality, yeah. baby. <laughs> That's fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to hear, you know, like the, the perspective of, you know, being both like you're both the music creator like you're creating your own music and also like producing and like helping others find their 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 music and their tone and their beats like how does that for you how do those two kind of things mesh together you know how does it work for you you know creating your own music and helping others create their own like what is, what is that like for you yeah that's crazy to me i this really came into fruition from this drummer that i work with his, his name's adam Litradello. he's a really cool kid met him at school and uh met him in like a business law class or something he said he drummed and then two years or like a year and a half later we started jamming together and he's really nice on the drums i put the drums down i stopped playing but i had always been writing i've been writing i wrote you know i've written like a couple hundred songs or some i don't even keep track but um so I, he saw me writing and he was like, oh, I can write songs, you know? <laughs> and he saw me making beats. He's like, oh, I can make beats. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, you know how to do this stuff. So, it, and he got like a free software with his uh, interface. So he just, he was like, I don't care. I don't need logic. I don't need any of this nice. I'm going to just start on this software. And so he started on that. So, um, and we make complete, like I release hip hop, like you can see like, or R and B or whatever you want to call it. Like you listen to heart problems, my single, and then you listen to like what we are making when we're jamming together, we're doing like tool songs and then we're, and I'm releasing hip hop, but I'm making like tool songs and weird country with spoken word over it. Like, I don't even know. So, um, when it comes to, when it comes to collaborating, like the, the, I really have been, especially in the last year working with him too, I've really been able to like allow my creativity to just take the lead instead of me being in my mind of like, it has to have an 808. It has to have these hip hop elements. Like, nah, it has to just be music. And so that's really opened my eyes working with him and then watching him write songs and watching him write like spoken word. Like, I don't know anything about that, you know? So, and he just did that on his own. Um, But as far as beats go, like, um, I started making beats probably four years ago, but I don't really make my beats anymore. I lo- I make them for podcast intros and, um, you know, I mess around like, and definitely, and I mix a lot. I probably mix more than anything now, but I have a really talented producer that I work with. So he's really, um, you know, I can link you guys to him too. He's, he's really been making a lot of my beats. Um, he captured my sound like more than anybody. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's funny you said, you know, the the whole drumming background, you know, for me, like rap's definitely like up there as far as a favorite genre for my for myself. And, you know, that and EDM specifically trap, but also some, you know, house music, etc. 
And it, with my background, like as a percussionist, but also I used to play piano back in the day, those two genres, you know, primarily are those two instruments. It's, it's the keys and it's the beats. And that's, yep. you know, I think that's reflecting in like why I love rap and why I love, um, you know, EDM so much. And another hobby of mine is also poetry. So when there's poetry with the beat, it's kind of perfect for me. That's and, rap. Uh, that's know, rap, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm a, I'm a huge rap fan. No, that's yeah. dope. Those parallels, man. And you can do everything on a keyboard. Like, you don't need this. I got a guitar over there. I got like five guitars, man. You don't need those guitars. Like, you could do this. You could do it on a DJ board, man. You got these clickers right here. Got these buttons. You put the, the drum here and the hi-hat here. Like, you don't need instruments. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, but it's it's so it's so cool to see like how you know it, it's not just rap for you. It's it's music first is 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 how it comes across. And and that's and what I realized too. Yeah, like no, I'm sorry to cut you off there. That's what I no, um. No, no. What's what I realized too is I don't want to be tied like now. Like it's almost it's so much better now because I don't feel stressed about like my hip hop, my music and like my fans love me for the hip hop and they're used to that. But I feel so much more relaxed when I'm going to a song now because I just have fun with it now. Like I just I don't think about it as much anymore. And but don't get me wrong. I do critique every single lyric and everything times 10. But when it comes to me on the mic, like I barely write anymore. Like I write it to so I don't forget it. But I do my, like, I can, I just do my songs like this. Like I put the beat on and I just go and I just pick some parts and put it together, you know? So yeah, for yeah. real, man. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I have a quick question as well. And this is um, kind of going off of what you're talking about earlier of, you know, kind of the underground, the people who, you know, are getting not that many plays who are fantastic. It was interesting pretty recently. Uh, I think Chris was on Instagram and there was a video of, I think it was messy. It was like a messy highlight video from this big, um, like big soccer outlet or whatever. And they were using this, this song um, that Chris was just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Like it was this, this random mixed uh, song. And like, and like, <laughs> it was funny because it literally, it took us days to actually find it. I, I ended up going on SoundCloud and like utilizing like a cross functionality to pull the, the audio out to find it and the song had like 8,000 listens even though it was on this Instagram video with had millions and millions of views and Chris was like this is like my new favorite rap song like it's so good it's a shame it, it was yeah. one of the best raps uh, and I listened to so much rap it was by far one of the best raps I've ever heard and this poor guy like just no one knows about him. Nah, but like, see, oh he's God. doing that. That's the grand finesse. That's the big That's the big move right there is you hit up those content creators and you say, use my music. So Chris goes and looks it up and y'all two of you trying to find it. And it, But yeah, man, like who knows? Hopefully that guy just didn't rip off his song and put it over and he actually, you know, unfortunately yeah. that happens yeah. too. But yeah, man, no, uh, there is no, it's not like plays equals you're good. Like that ain't, that's never how it is. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely want to get him on this guy. podcast if we can. We'll have to. We'll have to find him. We'll message him and get him yeah, on. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Give my man's the platform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing the talent at every at every level. I got, go ahead, John Michael. Oh yeah, sorry. I was going to say, going off of something you said earlier uh, about how you know you don't really write. You write to kind of remember what you're doing, but you know you like to freestyle a lot, etc. Um, I, I saw, I think it was something you posted on LinkedIn as well. Again, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn like every day. It's, my first time. it's ridiculous. Um, but uh, something you said about how it's really funny how people will go up to a rapper and be like, hey, can you rap for me? And but you won't go up to like a painter and say, hey, paint. But you'll go up to a rapper and say, hey, dude, like, like spit some spit some lyrics out. Like what's going on? And like, what's your experience with that? Like how many people have come up to you? And been like, dude, just like freestyle something really quick. We want to hear, we want to hear what you got. My friend, my favorite is like the drunk friend. Yo, he raps. Bring him. <laughs> yo, yo, he'll rap. He'll rap. Like, no, no, I won't. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, nah, honestly, like, I, I don't mind. Like, that's tr that's a point that I wanted to make. Um, where okay, first of all, you just shouldn't ask somebody to do that. Like, I'm not gonna say a graphic designer. Hey, give me a logo right now just to test your skills like who am i you know um so but it's happened to me i was like i'll be at school i'll like the problem is if you tell somebody like then i have to refrain i just say musician now i never say rapper anymore 
I never say rapper. I don't want that connotation. I just say musician. I'm a musician. I play multiple instruments. So that's what we're going to do. You look me up. I, oh, he makes hip hop, you know? So I, that's how I eliminate that from happening is I just say musician. But, um, you know, if somebody asks me to rap, I'll usually do it. Like I have a rap that I always do when people ask me and it's like 15 seconds long and it just like gets it out of the way and just like, it's like mindless at this point. So I do that one if I have to, when people ask me in public, but I don't know. I'd rather not. I'd rather just go listen to music. I put so much time and effort into music. I mix, master, produce, track, engineer, all that shit. Like, just go listen to that. Like if you're, you know, if you're talking to, if you're talking to an artist, like the best thing you can do is actually to go listen to what they do and buy their merch, like, and go to their shows. Like the worst thing you can do is put them on the spot. Um, because you can't expect them to be the same person right here in public than they are on a stage or, and their music, you know, so that's kind of my feelings on that. But you know, I'm really happy you brought brought that up. Yeah. Is there anything else like that that's uh, that's kind of similar uh, that you've experienced in the industry that's surprising um, that that people kind of either put you on the spot with or just those stereotypes that have kind of shocked you, but like maybe aren't as shocking anymore, but were like really jarring. Well, I mean, for me, it's like going being at a party. I remember I was at like I went to two parties in college. I think I'm still in college, like just finishing up. Like I don't, I don't feel like I am because I have like do all this stuff. But um, I was at this one party for some reason. I, I don't even know why I was there, bro. <laughs> they had a DJ. I was like, all right, let me check out the DJ. Um, There's this dude and um, like tall black dude in my class. You know, good good dude. Uh, I think he was on the track team. Like we were just, we were homies in class, like nothing crazy. I saw him. He was like, I like told him about how I rap. He's like, yeah, that's funny. You know? Like, so people don't like, he didn't take mm. me seriously at all. Right. Like, and you put a mic in, you give me a mic and get him a mic. I mean, he's going to probably, he's going to be so embarrassed. He's going to leave, you know, but <laughs> just that's how it is. Like when you can't rap and you can't, the person who can versus the person who can't, I mean, obviously it's light work. But, um, you know, so that's happened. That's like the stereotypes that definitely happened. Like I said, I kind of just say musician now. Um, but yeah, other than that, other than that, I would just say like production, man, like nobody gives producers credit just because they don't understand. Like people just don't understand how that works. Like when you're in a band, like the front man is like part of the whole thing. But when you're a rapper, you don't, sometimes you don't even touch the beat, but you don't see the producer did most of the song. The rapper could have spent 10 minutes on the song. Like I know you know, or, you know, you see these interviews with artists, they're like, yeah, I wrote that juice world, lucid dreams, three minutes, bro. That's how long it took him to do that. He just went up there one shot and you could hear like, people have talked about this too on podcasts before about him doing that. And then I'm not saying he doesn't give producers credit. I'm just saying you wouldn't see maybe the producer, I think he might've even produced it, but say for instance, the producer might've spent six hours, 12 hours or days on that. And then if the rapper goes up and obviously the rapper like spent all those years to be able to do that for three minutes for sure but to not even the, the producer never in the spotlight so that's something i want to just definitely touch on is like yo they're in the background but they do a lot or more work you know yeah i actually that that kind of promised me to have a couple questions for you so one um you know just going off of that as far as you know i know certain artists certain rappers out there kind of get a rap uh, you know, with stereotypes, for example, like I, I like a lot of Drake's stuff. I, I like, you know, I like Drake's music overall. I think he's great. But something that I've heard from a variety of people is that, well, Drake, you know, it, it, Drake's a brand. He has a lot of people and Drake just kind of, you know, mumbles over a mic and, you know, the beat thrown on it. Right. So it's like, there's a lot of flack, uh, you know, for, for Drake is just one example. There's other rappers out there. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that, you know, certain artists, um, you know, are more, I guess, innovative and in control of their music and their craft uh, compared to other artists who's kind of like, there's just so many people doing it and they're just the face of that, you know, that movement, so to speak. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, great question. So as far as Drake goes, um, I mean, if you look at kind of the trajectory of his career, I mean, at this point, it's just full business mode as far as I see it. Like, if you can kind of look behind the scenes a little bit, like you realize like, oh, he released this demo tape, called it a demo tape. People don't know what demo tape even means. So called it a demo tape because he knows he doesn't have to perform. He'd never, if you listen to that album he just dropped, he'll never perform any of those songs ever. They're, oh, most of the songs are terrible. But, and I love, I love Drake too, right? Um, yeah, but they yeah. are, he knows it. Those, by the way, he has a catalog of 1,500 songs. He has all of his albums for the next, for his entire life planned out. Like he doesn't think about music. Trust me, trust me. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't have to. He has an entire business. But, so you have somebody like Drake, bro, like 
it's just it's his entire music career is planned out like he knows where it's gonna go bang oh this stuff happens i don't have to perform any of these songs let me drop this milk all these plays from the tucci slide or whatever that people are just gonna do on tiktok bang like it's just perfect it's just perfect business it's just business as usual for him man so but then let's so we got business rapper drake probably one of the best arguably at creating a brand around other than Kanye, but creating a brand and business around their, their work. Right. And then you have somebody like J Cole. Now J Cole doesn't say anything on social media. Really. Kendrick doesn't say it says even less than J Cole. Um, but they always have such original works. Um, yep. and I think anybody would argue that J Cole and Kendrick are more original than Drake. And, yep. but yep. at the same time, Hey, Drake's making a lot more money than those guys, bro. And that's it, what it but comes Drake, down to. It, it's, it's it is. Well, I guess, but then, okay, so there's producers, like T-minus, right? T-minus, the producer, Alchemist, the producer. These guys, really high level, you know, produce for everybody, Bronson, J. Cole, all that, right? They make so much more money on one beat, okay? So then you have Midi Money, this guy. Look up midimoney.com, this dude. I forget, Gabriel, I think his name is. Um, he has made millions off of like 35 beats, they all suck. They're terrible beats. They're like, sonically, they're bad. The melodies suck. Like it's, it's not, there's nothing I can say good about his beats. Is the dude a business genius? For sure. Is he a millionaire? For sure. So that's Drake. Yeah. Is he a business genius? For sure. Is he a millionaire? Multimillionaire? For sure. Is this shit formulaic and definitely planned out and definitely it's just a business to get all these plays and all this money? For sure. You know, so and then you have, <laughs> you look at somebody like Alchemist or a producer like that, like who's more of like, doesn't work with everybody is more of a boutique. Like I, you know, picks and chooses um, is really in it for the mu literally lives in his studio. So, you know, there's just, there's different sides of it. Um, it's, I'm not here to like, I don't want to like say one size worse than the other. I think it's oh, just yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. good to be realistic um, about the differences and listen, man, like just Drake's never going to be as original as Cole. Like he can never, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and I but, think, and I think yeah. he knows that and he's okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, dude. That's the thing that's because the thing. look at his audience, man. Like look at Jay-Z. Let's take Jay-Z for example. Jay-Z literally trended he with his audience. Like he went older and older and he started talking about investing in his, you're like listening to him. I got this for like a mil and sold it for 10 mil. Like who cares? Like he obviously is not, that's not Drake audience right? Drake kept making music for, he stayed like this when Jay-Z followed his audience, right? So it's, what do you want to do, man? Like, I mean, I have kids hit me up. Like when I do hella marketing on my profile, it's all kids that listen to Juice World and all this. And like, where's the trap beats, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but so there's artists that follow their audience and there's artists, artists that go with the trend that all that make music for the trending audience, you know? So. It's all about what you want out of it, man. But yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I literally had this conversation with my boy yesterday about Drake. So we were arguing about it and I was trying to defend Drake, which I don't even, I don't even like doing. Like I hate, I, I don't, I shouldn't have to, it should be obvious, but. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It kind of touches on um, something that I was talking to somebody about the other day, completely different industry, but it's a perfect parallel and that, there is so much of a gap between template websites and like completely custom websites. And, you know, they both serve their purpose and they both have their different target target audiences. And I think the same is for like Drake and like you were saying, you know, different producers like Alchemist, et cetera, you know, they have their different target audiences and they know who they're making music for. And the same thing goes for, for web development companies, you know, and I'm, I'm a tech geek. So that's kind of like where my brain goes. But the same thing goes for that, like template website versus completely customer. I was like, you have different audiences, you know who you're making a website for, like, you know, this website's going to be cheap, it's going to serve its purpose. And it's going to be, you know, that like cookie cutter, we're just going to get a lot of people interested and, and, you know, convert. And then you have that completely customer. I was like, this is a very specific tool that is for less people, but it serves its purpose. And like, we're making it for those very few people that need that. You, know, you hit the nail made. on the head. It's all about yeah. who it's for, right? Like right, who's right. Drake's music for? It's just for a wider audience, bro. I don't know people who listen to like, like uh, Conway the Machine, who Alchemist just did a tape with, bro. Like nobody. That's underground, man. Like, but they're not trying to reach the Drake audience, right? So, right. no, true, hundred percent with the websites, man. And that's that's just obvious when you go to somebody like oh, the yeah. website I'm getting designed right now. I'm like, I don't care. Like, does it work? Can you send my funnel there? Like, right? That's 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I and I think you know my my second question. I think this is a good transition into that as well. With so many di- different platforms out there now, as far as royalty free music, uh, you know the the beats, all the stuff. Even though know, YouTube, I know there's a lot of stuff on YouTube, but there's a lot out there. You know, Soundstripe. Um, I'm blanking on the other ones, but you know what I'm talking about, right? So those platforms. With those kind of platforms now, do you think that is helping or is that destroying the industry? Are you indifferent? Like, what are your thoughts? on those platforms kind of mass producing beats that multiple people can use. Yeah. I mean, I mean, beat makers mass produce beats that multiple people can use. So, I mean, I can't, that's, it's like, I think who was talking about this, like Elon Musk was talking about this on Joe. He's like, yeah, like if we have chips in our brain that can do things 500 times a human level, we also have companies that can do things 500 times faster than a human can so um when it comes to that and those sites and like royalty free man get your money bro like as long as you get your like nah i don't have an opinion on it like the game is saturated like that's it you know like if you don't want to start making podcasts then because that's less saturated. like that i i can never complain about the state of rap you know um and i and obviously i have gripes with it like i have gripes with what's happening like opinions but if i was there's never like if you ever think that somebody's success or somebody's not saying you, but anybody in general, like if I think that somebody's success is bringing me down, somebody going up brings me down. That's just backwards thinking. Uh, but yeah, I'd say get their money, man. Make as many free and royalty free. I don't know how you're making money, but <laughs> you know, maybe that's not your goal. I mean, not even my goal. Yeah. Really, so. No, some people just enjoy it. Yeah. I just, I find it interesting. Cause I know kind of like what we, we've been talking about this, this common thread is, you know, you have, certain artists that seem to be much more like master of their craft completely hands-on one you know it's it's that's their baby and then you have some of the other artists where it's a little bit more like mainstream like let's get this streamlined like this is part of my brand let's get it out right so kind of going along those lines does the royalty free music platforms you know i guess like kind of support one way or another um you know if it does at all i'm I'm just kind of curious yeah i think it's great though honestly i think it's great for artists that I that's what I I did, dude. I used royalty free. I used a couple that weren't, but I for my first EP, bro. I made a seven song EP on SoundCloud, and if it wasn't for those beats, not it's not on Spotify. Like it's not. You got to find it on SoundCloud because I I stole some of the beats, but without those, though, I wouldn't have even gotten started. So I think it's you know you're not gonna get the quality. I mean, that's why I have a producer. Like I don't. He doesn't produce for really anybody else. You know so. That's and that's the thing. I think like if you want to invest in having, you know, one thing that no one else has, you get a producer, right? And if you want to have something that's fun, it's catchy, it works, it gets the job done, go mainstream with the platform. I've I think bought both, beats too. Yeah. Off those platforms. Yeah. And I have a producer. So yeah, something catches my ear. No, for sure. That's interesting. Yeah, you touched on podcasts and I know we uh, we definitely want to dive into that topic with you too, because you have so much experience there. Um, but you know, one last thing that that I wanted to touch on and this kind of just came into my mind with the you know the royalty free platform talk and everything is where music is headed with technology and I've had some conversations with uh, you know my more uh, tech nerdy uh, friends that also love music and there's this big push right now for AI and music creation and I kind of want to, you know, pick your brain on that and see what you think and, and where that's headed with, you know, computers putting together algorithms of, you know, music and beats and, and melodies that are, you know, quote unquote, of like objectively good and that everyone's going to like, uh, just based on analysis of popular music and like what's been popular over, over time in the trend. Where do you think that's headed? Because I have my own opinions and, you know, I'll, I'll give it in a second, but I, I kind of want to hear what you have to say. No, I, so I got to do a quick plug. Thank you for, for asking that question. I just got interviewed on this podcast. It's called Humans Now and Then. Um, it's by futurists and technologists. Her name's Rebecca Scott. And it's about a, it's an hour long podcast, us going off and like really her interviewing me about AI and music. So definitely do check that out for like an extended version of this question. So funny that you brought that up because literally just released, she just released it like last week. Um, But as far as that goes, uh, I think it's a lot of it is going to be, it's going to be a net positive, I think overall, but this is the thing. If it's a matter of access, then the artists like Drake and all these other artists, right? they're going to have access to the best version of it first. So that means that Drake has a beat 
I don't even know if he made it. Maybe somebody else made it. He's in the studio with this guy. This guy has says, Hey, I got this AI thing. Let's shoot the beat through. It's going to analyze all of your 1600 songs. And then it's going to find how this beat replicate or like, and then it's going to go by plays and everything too. It's going to take into all this account. It's going to find the best version of that beat and then spit it out for you. And then Drake, and then Drake can record. I don't know why we keep you. I don't know. I just keep using him. I guess. <laughs> Um, I used him in that podcast too, which is so everybody breaks him up, brings him up, but he can record three hooks and eight verses, put it through that machine, and then it'll put it on that track, right? So then of that track, it spits out five versions, and then a human gets to choose out of those five, right? So that if that happens, that's going to be trippy. I don't know if it's a matter <laughs> of access, dude, then, then who knows? But then when it comes down to the listener, the listener doesn't care. They want good music. I don't care how, I don't care how anybody got to the end process. I do because I'm an artist, but the general listener doesn't mind because they just want good music. Is it good? I don't care how it got there. Now, I did interview uh, shortly two music producers that I work with. One's Beach Lynx. Um, he was in the group Ground Up. Um, they went on tour with some bigger artists a few years ago. Um, my other friend, his name's Tyler Braddock. He owns the Vault Studio in New Jersey. Um, and I interviewed them. And what Tyler said, um, was that it's going to be too perfect, at least to start. And you see that you can, my program, like Logic Pro will quantize my beats and make them perfect as far as timing goes. And it does, and I end up putting a little swing on it, right? Or something, because it just sounds way too perfect. So as far as, so those are the two points is, if it's access and it actually can make a song better, then the listener's not going to care. The other, other artists might care because they're like, I don't have access, but you don't have access to his fucking team anyway. So you don't have access to anything he has access to anyway. So maybe that's just another level of that. And then on the other side is it might just be too perfect. How could it replicate human emotion? Because music right. is about emotion. Art is about emotion. So even if I make elevator music or EDM, like it's still emotion based, right? So I don't know how it's going to replicate that. So that's kind of my roundabout thoughts on that. But I'd like to hear kind of where you're at. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because I think a funnel is going to occur. And, and what I mean by that is I think they're going to, you know, it's inevitable. Someone's going to make this AI that's going to, you know, produce music based on popularity, based on plays, based on, you know, history. And I feel like what's going to happen is they're going to run everything through and they're going to say, here's a trend of where music has been going. And this computer is going to chew through all the data and pick out what's popular. And what I think is, is really interesting that's going to happen is it's going to start spitting out stuff that, that is going to happen if that makes sense. It's going to predict that next step. It's going to be predictable. But what's interesting is I feel like because more and more music will be made using those algorithms, the, the you know, variety is going to go through this funnel and everything's going to get squeezed into becoming more and more and more like other music and everything's going to get mainstream. And then people who are going outside of that are going to get popular. And I think what's going to happen, your little prediction here is like, they're going to, like you said, make that algorithm that's going to make it too perfect. And then they're going to have to add in a slider of like, hey, how perfect do you want it to be on a scale of zero to 100? And people are going to have to do all this data analysis of like, what's the best number? What do people like? Is it like 87, where like 13% of the song is like not that great, but the, 80, the other 87% is like perfect? You know, what's going to be that number that's going to hit the human heart? And, and give people like, okay, there's a little bit of emotion. There's a little bit of imperfection in this because I think the human condition behind music is that we are using this like perfect medium in an imperfect way to like speak to other people. And I think it's really interesting. I think that that trend is going to happen. And then you're going to see this pushback of like, whoa, don't like that. And everyone's going to go away from perfect music and, and go towards the people who are kind of the outliers. Damn, that's some, mm, that's, we gonna see, ooh, we gonna see, but think about it though, computers did, I mean, Logic Pro did this, like, you couldn't, like, 50 years ago, man, like, you couldn't just make music and record it and release it, get it on a record, like, you couldn't do that, so then it was always gatekeepers, right, so. Right, like, yeah. and look what's happened, everything's this gotten to, like, the more like, and more Logic popular, Pro is, yeah, right, it's yeah, AI, Logic Pro is AI, dude, like, it does, I don't care what the definition is, it is. Cause it's fixing my song for me. So it's already doing that. And then I'm literally doing what you said is turning that slider down, adding a swing, changing the kick. So it matches the vocals a little bit differently. So 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, man. you That's... know, I what I would what I would love to to hear. So Mike here has an interest in behavioral economics. Ooh. So Michael, ooh, I would ooh, love ooh. to hear your thoughts as far as you know. Why do people listen to the music that they do? And and you know, with all of this technology and everything moving forward, what do you think is going to happen? You know, on that side of things as well. What are your thoughts on the the behavior of the of the economics? <laughs> we just keep throwing him under the bus with the economics <laughs> questions. <laughs> it's fascinating though, because I, I I was thinking about like the the implications on you know the psychological level as you guys were talking about it. Like human beings are inherently rash irrational, and so music is inherently irrational. You know, it's it's emotion based. It's not based on um, numbers and quantifiable things. You know, we have the whole spectrum of, you know, music, music theory, the way that music is very mathematical, but then you have stuff like asynchronous music that some people love and you have crazy stuff that individuals just like die for and like, oh, this is amazing. So I think that in, the, in a way that the music industry, you know, across the span of time, has always had weird idiosyncrasies, bizarre irrationalities, different preferences to go with it. Um, and I think it's funny, like you were saying, Jam, I think there will have to be like a meter of like where the AI will have to be like, okay, I have to be irrational in order to be popular, which is such a, it's such an interesting kind of dichotomy of, you know, we're trying to build this perfect method of music when in the end, like, like you're saying, you know, it's emotion. So in order to create a perfect model, it has to be an imperfect model to actually fit. Um, so with, with those preferences and everything, I think in the end you'll have, you know, and there's, there's plenty of studies. You can like look up YouTube videos of how three keys are in like all pop music or like three, three major signatures, whatever. Um, there'll always be that kind of stuff, that kind of, you know, cultural ethos is will kind of gravitate towards, you know, like in an American society, maybe we're definitely gravitating towards those things. But then you'll always have the kind of the camps who are fans of very specific genres, very specific niches, um, who are, you know, kind of on the irrational side of things. And I think it just kind of, it kind of flows, you know, across time, music has changed so much in so many different ways, especially in, you know, the 20th century. So I think it's, it, I think it's exciting to see, you know, what ways will music change and grow and become more rational and more irrational over the the coming years you know i think it's it's fast i think we're also going to see more blending of of world music and like cultural music there's definitely a trend towards that um even just in the last 10 years there's definitely been kind of more of a trend of bringing sounds from all over the world into popular music so I it's it's fascinating stuff and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens i think also a problem is yeah 100 percent. it's but also a problem is like we're assuming that people are going to use it like it might not be good <laughs> yeah yeah. Nobody might use it. Even the best Quincy, you know, Adams or John, whatever his name is, Quincy, who's a big music guy, Quincy something. Um, he might be like, hey, I'm an OG, bro, but this shit sucks. Like, or Drake's team might be like, dude, Drake, like, you got to stick to what we're doing here, man. You can't just bring this AI in. Like, yeah. just going to make it sound terrible. Like, it might not work. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What's, what's interesting for me, though, going off to, like the behavioral economics, you know, uh, segment there. I think, and this is going to make me seem like a super nerd, but I think that the, you know, the, like you said, the split dichotomy there, music is just as much emotion as it is mathematics, right? And, and you have music theory, which is just, you know, math and what's going to sound good, what's not, right? There's, there's a, a clear definition of like, if you put these notes together and try to form a chord, it's going to sound terrible. And the, you know, what we were going off of is like music is imperfect. And Mike, what you're saying about like human condition is to be irrational. Therefore, music is irrational. I think that music as a mathematic principle is going to be the connection in the next step for AI. And the sense that like they're going to have computers analyze music to pick up on like the way that humans like interact and, and kind of put off emotion because there's no really other way for them to like analyze the way that humans act other than like through video and audio and, and speaking. But if you take an algorithm and you can analyze the emotion in music through all that data, think of how much music there is. That's the easiest way for computers to analyze the person and emotion. 
and to emulate that in an AI. And I think that's, that's fascinating. And I, I think that honestly, like the key to creating like an actual, like emotionally, as, as close as we can get emotionally based AI. It, it, it's so true. I mean, you can learn so much about a person just by listening to the music they listen to. Whoever invents mm-hmm. a company, Elon, if you're listening, if you invent a company <laughs> that <laughs> analyzes people, the songs that people listen to and crunches the numbers somehow and figure out, figures out preferences, I bet you And can, that's what Spotify does right now. Yeah, exa- exactly. I, I bet you can far more accurately de- you know, depict marketing, advertising, what you could sell to people, ways you can interact with them than really any other method out there. Yeah. Yeah. Habits. (laughs) Yeah. No, for real, man. Who knows? Yeah. Or like, that's the deep fake thing too, is like that they're going to take that. They're going to take my hundreds of hours of podcasts and then just be able to make an audio of me. I'm like, what are they going to do with an audio of me? The guy's going to call me up. I'm going to say, no, that wasn't me. He's going to be like, what do you mean? It wasn't you. Like, I don't even know what they think is going to happen for real for famous people and people who are like, you know, on a pedestal and things like that yeah for sure and if they can analyze podcast shit yeah like you said you know they're going to music next figure out your emotion oh yeah for sure and that's something i actually saw uh, a company recently the the name's escaping me right now so i'm sorry um but they're actually developing a deep fake detection algorithm for for audio for pictures and for video that they're gonna you know try to start marketing to, to big companies like you know facebook instagram uh linkedin all the social media and uh you know like google images everything to detect how fake something is and and be able to say like actually you know that's not Twitter a real needs piece that. of media yeah for sure they better send that so, over <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy but like i think that is going to be absolutely necessary very soon and, and it's it's a, it's just crazy to think that like that's the next step is like you know everyone says like oh you can't believe what you what you hear in the news you can't believe everything you you see on the internet like it's going to become so saturated with fake content that's going to be like, hey, where can we find accurate content? It's not going to be, hey, where do we have to avoid, you know, crappy stuff? It's going to be, where can we find stuff that, like, we know isn't fake? That's a problem now. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, even with, with uh, you know, even with, like, media in general right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, making the clickbait, click, clickbait, like, making that happen, like, changed everything almost, right? Like. It's going to be that times 10. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know we wanted to get into podcasts, so you've, you've managed, uh, you know, a lot of different brands. Uh, you've gotten into to podcast management. Give us a little bit of a backstory on that, like what you're doing now. And I think you even uh, picked up one of the guys that was, was on our podcast. Yeah. Tell, uh, tell the audience about that a little bit, you know, the power of networking. There. Yeah. Power networking, baby. That's it. Yeah. So we were speaking for those uh, listening and watching, we were speaking about this before the podcast. So, um, so, so, so these guys, I think Chris, I think you put it out on your LinkedIn. Um, it was a list of everybody who you're interviewing. So I, you know, I Gary V everything, even though I, I have opinions on him too. I actually met him too. And, and, you know, been uh, kind of involved with some of his people too. But um, so I did a Gary V type deal and I added everybody um, who you guys had on. And I just said, Hey, I'm a fellow guest. Like good to connect with you. And I connected with our buddy. Uh, his name's Mo Ali and he makes uh, soccer videos. So got on the, got on the phone with him. We talked, had a good conversation and ends up, you know, I create podcasts, produce, you know, video, audio content, um, you know, for podcasts, long form. So that's what he needed. He does these amazing if you got to check him out at mo ali fc i'm gonna plug him right now but um just because his i mean like we said before probably one of the best content creators like there is right now especially sports probably one of the best um you know single person doing it right like and so i mean he's built this crazy fan base for himself over the years and uh he does these instagram lives uh that he records and uh, interviewing soccer players athletes um so he sends them to me and you know i edit the audio and i sent him a sample one day so crazy i was literally at my apartment i was driving for like probably like 30 minutes and he was like and i was i didn't know if it was going to go through we were just talking about it he was like oh can you send me a sample like i'll do it today and i was like damn okay so i with my car around go back to my apartment set my equipment back up do the sample put it back together send it to him and then as i was driving you know we we locked it in so yeah that's crazy power networking just linkedin uh, didn't even, didn't hard sell them. I don't hard sell anybody. I just tell them what I do. You know, if you need it, you need it. But, um, as far as, uh, so both shout out to you, man. Uh, you're really doing it out there. 
but as far as like the podcast in general, I started with my own about two years ago, probably two and a half years ago now. Uh, people told me to make it, like my friends, people who followed me, kind of, you know, a little bit of the fan base on Instagram and stuff like that. And I started talking to myself for the first two episodes and it was literally just me and the mic and I was just going off on stuff I learned uh, just that day, just random things I was reading about and then ended up having people on kind of like what you guys are doing too. You realize the power of people and the power of networking connectivity and, you know, being with somebody locked in like this, like even if we were at a bar talking, like it wouldn't be the same, you know, conversation. Right. So it's different. Um, and I realized that. And then, yeah, man, I got linked up with this marketing agency. I, I think I touched on in the beginning, um, built out a podcast for them, but realized I think I could just, you know, do this on my own. I'd love to do it for other people. So right now I'm actually developing a course, um, really cheap, like low ticket, you know, all the information on how to do it yourself. And then, you know, so if people can't work with me, they can at least, you know, start it themselves. And really my goal is to Joe Rogan it and just be able to interview people all day and just get to that point where, you know, I have my business running or I'm making money off my podcast enough to support myself. Um, so that's really the goal. But yeah, right now it's small. Basically what I run is a small podcast production agency, audio, video, digital, and in person. So that's really uh, that's awesome. what I've been doing. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to, to Bobcast. Go check it out. And hey, thank you. Yeah. At Bobcast pod on Instagram, Bobcast everywhere. Just Google it or Apple podcast. It's there. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think we're getting close to time here. Uh, Mike and Chris, if you guys have any, uh, any last questions or uh, Ryan, if you have any questions for us, uh, just uh, starting to wrap things up. No, totally. I mean, like, I mean, I don't even know much about, like, obviously I checked you guys out and checked out the podcast, but like, what is your, you know, real quick, like, what's your goal with this? What's your why? Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, for sure. So uh, this is uh, the second podcast that, that we've done kind of in our ecosystem of company. So we have a, a business to business service agency called Chameleon. And we started the, a podcast there. It was just uh, Mike and Chris. I wasn't on that one. And that was more of like an informational uh, industry podcast. The guys can, can touch on that a little bit. But we started this one. Um, and the tagline kind of speaks for itself, an ecosystem of expertise. And the goal was just to bring people in, like you said, the power of people and bring people in, talk to them about various different industries. You know, like we've brought, uh, you know, sales experts in, you know, you're a musician and a podcast uh, producer now. Um, uh, Namo Ali was uh, our first guy uh, for the first episode, you know, uh, soccer trainer. So like a lot of these different industries and we just really wanted to bring knowledge and thought leadership to the audience through people. And, and just kind of like be here to facilitate that. And, and that's kind of the, the message there. And like, that's, that's basically what we quote unquote want to get out of this. It's just like building a community and, you know, networking and, and bringing that to other people. It's gold. Best thing you can do yeah. you guys are doing it. That's it. It's all about community. It's all about people. Yeah, for sure. Ecosystem of expertise. That's genius. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's a Damn, good one. Guys. I remember when we, when we first, when we first said that we were like, yep better buy that domain gonna... better buy that domain i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> nah, trust me i got too many domains as it is <laughs> yeah, it's too... yeah. yeah i think um you know as far as the last question for me if you were to choose and, and i know i know this is probably gonna be very difficult um if at all possible but if there is if there is one rapper that really inspired you if there was one that you had to choose like who would you who would you say had, was like your inspiration when you were first getting into it when i was first getting into it is definitely different from now but probably joey badass um i know i mentioned him a bunch of times but i would he's like you know that artist when like you play sports in high school and like you listen to them before every single track meet or every single game that that was him for me so i have to definitely say him and i i don't i don't know if i feel the same way about his stuff now but man back then is I mean, those albums are timeless. So, but that's it. That's yeah. it for me. And then, what about what about right now? Then, what about like who who's your inspiration right now? Like, if you were to choose one, like who is who is the rapper that you're just like, yes. Yeah, I uh, man, I love J Cole, man. Like J Cole was my is my Joey badass. Like how he was the first one. Like J Cole was definitely the second transition of like, damn, like this dude, this stuff is different, man. Like it's like it doesn't <laughs> like you could. It's like it's so crazy because it's the music that you can put on at a party and people will like bump to it. Not like DJing, but like at like a party and people like know the words, every word, 
or but at the same time it's very introspective so i never really saw that happen before i was all into this rapidy rapidy rap but then j cole's doing the same type of content with beats that you can bump at a party so that blew my mind so definitely definitely cole good question <laughs> but yeah thank you guys this yeah, amazing. for sure. This yeah, I know. I, I have one last one. You mentioned that, uh, you know, meditation and, and routine is really key for you. Um, when do you have your routine? Like what, what time of day is that and why? And, and how can other people kind of adopt that mentality into their schedule, like from your perspective? Love this because I did a lot of work on this too. And a lot of research, um, kind of got into it from, uh, Sam Harris meditation. Um, I would definitely check that out. Spirituality without religion. Great book. If you want to, if you want to learn about meditation, but you don't want all the fluffy stuff, you don't want any of that, like woo woo, like this is just straight up facts. Um, that got me into meditation. I started a, a practice at six 30 in the morning for three, for 30 minutes every single day. Um, and then I would read for 30 minutes and then I would make breakfast and start my day. That was probably two and a half, three years ago now. Um, so over the last two and a half, three years, I've gone from full morning routine to no morning routine. I did uh, two weeks of cold showers every single morning right when I wake up. I did uh, I did 35 days of 6 a.m. workouts. I did, um, I did inter I'm doing intermittent fasting right now. I've done a lot of different diets. I'm about to go keto after this. Um, so I'm kind of, I've tried a lot of different things. And for me right now, when I'm locked in at, is not too early, like 637, sometimes six, like, you know, if I can get to bed by nine or 10. Um, but usually wake up, you know, 630, 645. Um, I start with 75 pushups and about, you know, as many crunches as I can do in one set, uh, just to get the blood going. I don't do a whole workout or anything. I'll just get the blood going, do my pushups and my crunches. I add five a week. And then once I get to the point where I plateau and then I, then I drop down to five above where I was the first week. So, um, I just keep doing that. Um, so it ends up being 27,000 pushups a year, uh, if you do it every single day. And then, um, after that, uh, I do my meditation for 20 minutes, Monday through Saturday, and I do 30 minute guided meditation on Sunday. Um, and then after that I read, um, typically if I have to make content, I might make content instead of read, uh, but I try to read and not watch a podcast. Um, and then once that I don't eat, so I don't eat till 2 PM, uh, one to 2 PM. So I don't have to worry about that. And, uh, yeah. So then I start my day. It's like usually get started around eight thirty nine. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, specifically most people that are like super into routines have had the, the routine. They've kind of like refined it, but they've had the same routine for a while. And, you know, I picked up on you saying, you're like, I kind of bounce back and forth and I'm doing this thing now and I was doing this and that and the other. It's really interesting. Could you touch a little bit more on like why you change it up so frequently? Yeah, because I want to see what works. Because like, so if you look up this one guy, uh, he owned uh, Muscle Farm, I think it was big supplement company, big dude, huge. They were huge. They had some scandals and stuff happening. His name's Corey G. Corey G is just a beast, man. If you go to his socials or see what he's all about, um, he's crazy. I don't like all of his content, but he does like two miles of lunges every day, right? So so then people watch that and they start doing lunges. It's like, bro, wait up. Lunges might not be your thing. Like I know he does lunges, like, but for some people it's running. And then for some people, so I'm looking at all these routines and then I got this audio book could probably even pull it up um audible if you don't have audible just buy it right now like just buy it this second if you're listening to this because it's like next level but i have this book apple won't open now but it's called daily rituals um it's by tim ferris it's just audiobook so that's why i'm saying just get the free trial get it it gives you the daily rituals of like 500 plus people from da vinci to you know the guy the author to i mean any like you know famous film composers and like everybody right so i'm looking at all these daily routines man there's people who get up at noon who are the most successful people bezos gets up at like 10 i think right so i'm like damn everybody's got their own thing so variability man you got to try to find what works for you i don't want to run man i hate running so all right i'm not going to do that do i like working out lifting weights sure but i don't want to be clanging weights around at six o'clock in the morning so what can i do push-ups you know so i just find what works for me and because i know when i wake up and i'm drowsy and like don't want to wake up push-ups that shit bang gets me like gets me up so just find, i had to find what works for me you know so that's why that's awesome yeah 
But yeah, you could get a cameraman here, by the way. I do do this shit. Like I do do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask my girl, dude. My girl is so mad because she likes to sleep in. And I'm like, babe, we got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so you can ask her if you, y'all don't believe me. <laughs> Check my Instagram. It's on there every day. Yeah, I've oh. seen it on your Instagram. I was going to say, I've been following that. That's Word. Great. Thank you, man. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ryan. Uh, everybody listening, go check out Ryan Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully Bop. He's got an awesome podcast, uh, YouTube channel, Instagram, LinkedIn. Just find him on all, all the platforms. He's a great addition to your network. And, you know, like he said, he's got a sense of network as well. And uh, everything's about networking. So, you know, check him out. Give him some love. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much again for coming on the show. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And to everybody watching and listening, thank you for taking the time to watch and listen to this. Definitely check out these guys are doing something crazy too. Chameleon's crazy. Um, you know, it's different. You guys, I love what you're doing and building the sense community. Um, you know, that's everything, man. And networking, like you said. So just I'll reiterate, S-U-L-L-Y-B-O-P, Sully Bop on all platforms on the drop, even the ones that nobody uses, I'm on there too. So thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks so much for everybody listening. Until next time. Thank you.